Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. I'm going to walk it in the victory. How? By walking by faith and not by sight. For this is the victory that overcomes the world, even even our faith. Even our faith. That's the victory that overcomes the world. So we're getting into faith, what faith is and what faith is not. It's important for us to be able to identify fake faith. Because there's a lot of phony faith out in the, in the world, in the church world today. A lot of phony faith. And we've got to be able to have the discernment. To recognize it over in 2 Timothy chapter 1. If you'd like to turn there tonight. We're going to talk about faithless faith. Faithless faith. Sounds like a contradiction of terms. It is. It is, but there's a lot of it. There's a lot of faithless faith in the world today. And so we've got to be able to identify it. Here's 2 Timothy chapter 1, and in verse 5, the apostle Paul talking to Timothy. And he said, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. When I remember the genuine faith that is in you. That word genuine means authentic, true, real The real faith that's in you. You know, if there's a real faith, there's a fake faith. That should should tell us right there. He wouldn't have used that word. He wouldn't have said genuine faith if there was anything but genuine faith. But there is a phony faith. But thank God Timothy had an authentic faith. And the Apostle Paul recognized it. He recognized this. He was a man that was able to discern the difference between what was of God and what was not. What was true faith and what was fake faith. He says, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois. Talks about the grandmother here. Talks about his mother. He says, I'm persuaded it's in you also. So he recognizes that this faith is in you, Timothy. It was in your grandmother. So he must have known Timothy's grandmother and mother. And he recognized this faith, this genuine real faith that was in them. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. There's a lot of fake faithless faith among unbelieving believers. So they're believers, but they're unbelieving believers. They're doubters and unbelievers, while at the same time believing. Believing perhaps that Jesus died and rose from the dead. They believe some basic things in the Bible. But then they're full of doubt and unbelief concerning just about everything else. They don't have really any faith concerning the plan of God for their life. And that's why you hear many of them walk around saying, well, whatever God wants to do, he'll do. That's a faithless statement. That's a person that has no faith in the plan of God for their life. That's a person that has no faith in in what God 
would have them to do in life. They're just wandering through life. They're just drifting when they make statements like that. Well, if God wanted it to happen, it would happen. See, that, that comes out of the mouth of a believer who's an unbeliever. That's a person uh, who has faith but is faithless. See? They have faith about some things, but then they don't have faith about a lot of other things. A lot of very important things. So, it's not just faith that Jesus died and rose from the dead. That's going to cause you to have the victory in life. It's faith in the word of God. And there's a lot more in here than just Jesus died and rose from the dead. That's a foundational truth. That's, you know, the most important thing. That's where it all starts. But that's not all there is to faith, having faith. There's a whole lot more we need to have faith in as Christians. So that we can fight the good fight of faith in life and overcome all the lies and deceptions of the devil. And so we live in a world full of deception, full of lies. Well, see, that has crept into the church. And that's why there's a lot of fake and phony faith in the church world today. And so we need to make sure that we ourselves are operating in genuine faith. We have faith about some things. That doesn't mean we have faith about everything. And we need to be able to recognize where we're out of faith and be able to recognize where we're in faith. We need to be able to examine ourselves to see where we are at in our faith. And that's what he says over here in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and in verse 5. He says, examine yourselves, yourselves, as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Notice that statement. Do you not know yourselves? I like that. Do you not know yourselves? Do you not know yourselves? See, we need to know ourselves. See, a lot of folks don't really know themselves. Like they ought to know themselves. You know, a lot of times people just know themselves according to the flesh. Well, I know I got another wrinkle. I know I got another gray hair. Right? I know this, I know that. But do you know yourself according to the spirit? Do you know yourself according to faith? And then he goes on, he says, Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless, indeed, you are disqualified. So there's people that can disqualify themselves. They can actually get so out of faith that they're not even really in faith about Jesus being in them anymore. And so we want to make sure that we're growing in faith and not diminishing in faith. Because you can diminish in faith all the way back to where, man, you don't even know if Jesus Christ is in you or not. And that's a bad place to be. That could disqualify you from the kingdom of God. So we got to make sure that we're growing in faith. We need to have a reputation as faith people. We are a people of faith. Just like Timothy, just like his grandma, just like his mother. They had a reputation among faith people as being people of faith. True, genuine faith. So we got to examine ourselves. There's a way to test yourself. Test yourself up against the Word of God to find out if you're in faith or not. So we're going to do that tonight. We're going to, we're going to learn some things tonight that's going to help us to examine ourselves to see where we're at. And not just tonight, but as we go through life. 
These will be things that will help us to recognize whether we're really in faith or not. Whether we're growing in faith or not. We want to be like uh, the church of Thessalonica. Where the apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 1. And in verse 3. He said we are bound to thank God always for you brethren as it is fitting. Because your faith grows exceedingly. And the love of every one of you all abounds towards each other. Notice that. They had exceedingly growing faith. I mean, that's just not they had faith. And that's not, yeah, they they were just growing in faith. Their faith was growing how? Exceedingly. Is that you? Is that Life of Faith Bible Church? It needs to be. We need to have that kind of reputation that, man, the folks at Life Faith Bible Church, their faith is growing exceedingly. I mean, I was just with those people last year, and, man, a year later, I mean, they're like off the charts when it comes to walking by faith. These people are laying hold of the promises of God. These guys are walking in the will of God. They're not confused about the plan of God for their life. They understand exactly what God's doing, what God's up to, and they're following him. They are walking by faith. They are not walking by sight. And it, I mean, you should hear the way they talk and how they act, and they are living by faith. That's how we need to be. We've got to have the attitude that there's, there's no other way for you and I. Because faith is the most important thing. Faith is the most important thing. So you might be growing in different areas of your life, improving, getting better in, in, in various different areas of life. But make sure it's all the result of growing in faith. That faith is the basis for all your increase in life. In every area you're improving. It's because your faith is improving. Your faith is improving. This is what came to me today. Faithless faith is a faceless faith. Faith has certain features on its face. So we're talking about a faceless faith. Means it has no eyes. It has no ears. Doesn't have a nose. Doesn't have a mouth. It's just blank. Has no features. It's a, it's, a, it's a faceless face. But a faceless faith doesn't have eyes. What do you mean? Doesn't have a vision. Doesn't see. Can't see. Can't see. See, we're talking about the features of faith. We need to understand that genuine faith has vision. It sees things. It sees the unseen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. It says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. See, he's talking about faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. Faith isn't blind to spiritual things. 
It can be blind to natural things. It can appear blind to natural things. In other words, it, it, it doesn't go by how things appear. It more goes by what you cannot see with your natural eyes than what's actually taking place in the natural, what you actually see with your physical eyes. That's how faith is. So faith is looking beyond the seen. He says, we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. That's what we're really focused on. Is that your focus? See, that's faith. Faith is focused on that which others cannot see. And a lot of what people are seeing in the natural, faith isn't even paying attention to it. It's not focused on it. It's seeing something else that others cannot see. It's seeing what it believes God has promised. That's what it sees. And it sees it. It sees it. It sees it in its heart. It, 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 it believes it. As it's as real to faith, the things that God has promised, as somebody standing in, you, standing in front of you naturally. That's how faith is. It sees it. It sees it. We look to that which others cannot see. We look into the unseen. That's faith. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So faith has spiritual vision. It has eyes to see. And that's how it lives by. It lives by what it sees in the unseen. But a faithless faith doesn't. A faithless faith will quote scripture, but they live more according to what they see with their physical eyes. And they don't live like there is an unseen realm right there in front of them. They don't see the things that they're saying. They'll say it, they'll talk, they'll quote scripture, but they don't see it with their heart. They don't see it. They don't have eyes. It's a faceless faith. They don't have eyes to see. Proverbs 29, verse 18. I'm going to read this from the King James Version. I usually read from the New King James. But this is King James, or as some say, Old King James. Verse 18, Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no vision... The people perish, but he that keepeth the law happy is he. That doesn't say they don't belong to a parish. It's just that they perish if they don't have vision. There's a lot of folks that don't have faith, don't have vision, but they do belong to a parish. Yet they're perishing. Let me read this from the New King James. Where there is no revelation... Because you see, revelation is spiritual vision. You know, you're getting the word of God and you're reading along, you're, read, you're reading, right? You're seeing with your eyes what's written on the page and then all of a sudden you go, oh, do you see that? Do you see that? I see that. I see what God is saying. That's a revelation. And we, and we use that expression, I see it. I see it. I see it. I see what God is saying. So that's, that's revelation, it's spiritual vision. See, that's faith. Faith comes out of that spiritual vision, that seeing, that seeing what God says. So it says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. 
but happy is he who keeps the law. What do you mean, cast off restraint? Well, let me read it from a, the GW translation. Without prophetic vision, people run wild. But blessed are those who follow God's teachings. So they cast off restraint. They run wild. Here's one I thought was appropriate. The ERV translation. It says, if a nation is not guided by God, the people will lose self-control. But the nation that obeys God's law will be happy. So when you have spiritual vision, you restrain your flesh. You restrain your flesh. You don't let your flesh run wild. You have self-control. Now, faithless faith says something like this. It'll say, well, God's in control. That's faithless faith. It's going to help you identify faithless faith. First in yourself. And then in others so you can judge them. No, so you can help them. So you can help them. Well, God's in control. No, 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 no. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says you need to have self-control. Faith has self-control. Faith restrains itself. The SJF translation. That's the Stephen Joseph Fraser translation. I figured I might as well get one in there. It's good. Where there is no vision, the people do whatever seems best in their sight. You know, they just run wild. Don't restrain themselves. They just do whatever seems, whatever seems like, you know, whatever seems good in their sight. Whatever they want to do. And there's a lot of Christians that live just like that. They're not consecrating themselves. They're not dedicating themselves to God's plan and purpose for their life. They're going through each day just doing things as they want to do it. They just want to do things, you know, the way they want to do it. And that's the way they're going to do it. And they're just going to do what seems right in their sight. And then they'll slap scripture on it. They'll slap the word of God on it. And talk like they're believing God, like they're in faith concerning things. But if you're not restraining your flesh, if you're not exercising self-control, if you're not keeping yourself in the will of God for your life, and keeping your flesh so that it's not running wild, not letting your flesh watch whatever it wants to watch, eat whatever it wants to eat, go wherever it wants to go, say whatever it wants to say, faith says no way. Faith Reigns those things in, takes control of all these things. And that's how we know a person is in faith concerning things. Because they have control over themselves. Faith restrains the flesh. And thus has spiritual character, spiritual fruit, godly character. Godly character. The truth of the matter is you don't have any more faith than you have character. Did you get that? You don't have any more faith than you have character. We need to understand that about ourselves. Uh, I'll back that up with Romans, the fifth chapter. Romans 5. It says in verse 3, And not only that, but we also rejoice in tribulations. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. 
and perseverance, character. And character, hope. Now let me ask you a question. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Faith is the substance of things substance of things hoped for. So before there's faith, there's hope. Right? There's hope in faith. But before faith, there's hope. Because faith gives substance to your hope. So you can't have faith until you have hope. True? But what must you have before you have hope? Well, let's look at it again. Verse uh, 4. And perseverance, character. And character... So before there's hope, there's character. Before there's character, there's patience. Patience, or like it says here, perseverance, endurance. Patience. You don't have any more faith than you have patience. When your patience runs out, your faith ran out. I have faith, but I just can't take it anymore. No, you don't. Your faith has run out. It ran out a long time ago. So if you're, if you're panicking, you're under pressure, you're under pressure, you lack endurance. You lack perseverance. And so you lack faith. It doesn't matter what kind of scriptures you're quoting. You can fire scriptures left and right. I don't care. If, you're, if you don't have endurance, if you're in panic mode, if you're not in perseverance mode, if you're not in patience mode, you're impatient, you're frustrated, you lack faith. And you lack character. Because before there's character, there's perseverance. Say it's a lack of character. It's a lack of character. Don't get sorrowful looking on me, okay? This is helping us. Don't get down on me. This is exciting. We're getting help. So our faith can grow exceedingly. Don't you want the truth? I mean, your faith's not going to grow exceedingly if you think your faith is growing exceedingly already. And it's not. I'm not saying it's not. I'm saying if it's not. It's not going to grow exceedingly if you think it is. Because then you don't judge yourself and fix the problem. Right? So you gotta you gotta recognize where there's a problem and fix it. All right? And don't throw the whole thing out. Don't don't throw everything out. I'm sure some of you have some patience. Right? I'm sure some of you have some character. Do some of you have some character? Okay, so smile. So you're smiling. Yeah. Yeah, I have some character. Thank God. We're going to build on that. See, how are we going to build on it? We're going to recognize when it runs out. So then we say, we got to start building right here. Get me the concrete. Get me some wood. Get me, some, get me a hammer. Get me some nails. Get me the Bible. Get me to Wednesday night service. We got some building to do over here, some repairing. Because our faith ran out. Our patience ran out. Our character ran out, right? And then after character comes hope. And then faith is the substance of things hoped for. So you see what I'm saying? So you can't, you, you don't have any more faith than you have character. Praise God. So we need to be growing in character. And see, that's all part of self-control. That's all part of, of dominating your flesh. Not letting your flesh dominate you. And we've got a lot of folks running around. The flesh is completely dominating. And bless God, they're going to raise people from the dead. Not really. Ain't happening. It's not genuine faith. You know? They'll quote scripture and they'll shout and they'll scream 
and they'll carry on, they'll dance all about. And uh, nothing's going to happen. Why? Because the character of faith ain't there. The endurance of faith is not there. The patience of faith is not there. Genuine faith is not there in operation. So the best thing we could do is just get real and allow ourselves to sink down, get real with God, make a connection with Him that's deeper than just the flesh. Deeper than the flesh. And that's really all it takes. Just get deeper. Get deeper into God. Pull back into Him. See? And then we have the fruit of the Spirit, which is over here in Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5 and verse 16. Uh, Let's jump down here to verse 22. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love... Love? Well, do you have love? How much do you have? How much love do you have? You got the love of God. You got God's love. Romans 5, 5 again. The love of God has been poured out into your heart by the Holy Spirit. So God has poured his love into us. Man, we got love. I said, we got love. Well, if you got love, do you have godly character? Well, if you have godly, do you have patience? Well, you have to because 1 Corinthians 13 says love is patient. Right? See, it's, 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 it's in the love. And that love's been poured out into your heart by the Holy Spirit. So that's what I mean by saying you just got to draw back into him. Draw back in, just tap into the love. Tap into the patience of God. Tap into the character of God. And, uh, and yield yourself to it. It's, not a, really, it's really not about getting something you don't have. You need to get character. No, no. It's growing in what is in you. It's causing what's in you to grow. In other words, to spring forth in your life. How do you get that to happen? Yield to it. Yield to it. So you got to believe. So when you, when you recognize your flesh is dominating you, you're not walking in love, you're being impatient, you're being fleshy, you're being moody, don't keep walking around going, you know, t- talking like you're the faith giant. That's a good time to humble yourself, repent, and sink down into him and become aware of him. You know, I've shared that story. You know, there's this couple I knew. We actually went to the same Bible school together. And then they came here to Kentucky and uh, were involved in ministry out here. And anyway, he had gotten a, a very bad report from the doctor. Didn't have much time to live. And he's a young guy. And so, you know, they let me know about it. And I said, well, man, I'd love to come over and just connect with you and pray. And Yeah, it'd be awesome. So anyway, I connected with him and prayed. We were standing there and I laid hands on him. And started praying for him. And just slowly, just, just listening. You know, just want to have utterance from the Holy Spirit, you know. I don't want just to say things off the top of my head. I want to flood in my heart. And I want to make the connection with the Spirit of God, you know. So let the presence of God come in. And the presence of God started coming in there. The anointing started coming in there. And so I, right in the middle of 
me saying some things, getting some utterance from the Holy Spirit, his wife just, just jumped in the middle of it and said, Father, we just thank you in the name of Jesus that no weapon formed against us so prosper. We thank you by his stripes. We were healed. And we thank you, Father. And she just shooting off scripture, I mean, in fear at 100 miles an hour. There was zero faith. In fact, it just emptied the room of just faith. It just drained the room of any faith that was there. And I just felt like I had nothing. It just killed it. You know, it was like somebody just came in and just threw a big bucket of cold water, you know, and just put out the fire. And then she finally stopped, and I was kind of, my head spinning a little bit. And he said, uh, hey, pray for my job. The guy's been given a, uh, you know, until he's not even going to live. He said, pray for my job. He was so entangled with the affairs of this life. He was so entangled in the flesh. And she was so full of fear. They had no discernment of faith whatsoever. And unfortunately, he didn't make it. So we have to be able to recognize the difference. You know, just because you're you're firing off Scripture, that don't mean it's faith. You understand? See, there's a deeper place that faith flows out of than just our head. And our soul our emotions. We don't want our praise just to be emotion. We don't, it's exciting, it's energetic, but if it's just exciting and energetic and emotional, then it's not life. It's not getting above the clouds. We want to touch the heart of God. So we have to make a connection with him, spirit to spirit. Spirit to spirit. We want our hearts to connect with him. So, you know, sometimes you do, you know, whether it's praying, praying in tongues, uh, praising God, worshiping. Sometimes you got to start out in the flesh. Understanding, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not settling for this. But uh, it's kind of like priming the pump. You know, you know, those, you know those pumps, you get to get the water to come out, you got to crank the thing. And sometimes you just got to crank the thing. You know, I'm talking about the flesh. You got to just pull your flesh into it. Just say, we're going to do this thing. Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. But you're not settling for just that. You're not just settling for, I read the, I read the verse and I sang the tune. That's not praising and worshiping God. You're using that as a springboard, as a pump to get you over into Genuine faith, where you're genuinely praising and worshiping God, ministering to the Lord from your heart. See? So, so we don't want to just settle for the flesh. So sometimes, you know, you just got to kind of walk. It's like on the beach, you know. You got to walk towards the water and just walk out into the water. And, but just keep on going. Just keep on going until you're just out there just a-floating. All right? Because faith floats. I don't have scripture for it, but it, it goes good with the illustration. Everybody say, faith floats. Praise God. Just, just floats in Jesus, right? Just lets the ocean carry it, man. Hallelujah. Just blow bubbles. Just, just sink down into God. You understand what I'm saying? Praise God. So, faith restrains the flesh and yields to the Spirit and allows the fruit of the Spirit to come forth. So the fruit of the Spirit should be involved in whatever you are believing. Whatever you say you're in faith concerning, the fruit of the Spirit needs to be there. You can't say, I'm in faith and then be over here 
walking in the flesh. And the Bible says in verse 19 of Galatians 5, the works of the flesh are evident. We can say they're obvious. This is obvious, people. This should be very obvious. You know, it's not to a lot of people. Works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, sexual immorality. You know, that's an obvious one, don't you think? It's it's an obvious thing. You know, it should be an obvious thing that adultery, sexual immorality, marriage, you know, sex outside of marriage is quite obviously not living by faith. But you see, I've had people, you know, they're in adult. I mean, she, she left her husband. They're still married. She left her husband. She met this guy. And, you know, thank God they were coming back, they were coming back to God together, her and this guy. But she's still married to somebody else, and they're living together. They're, they're coming back to God. So, you know, God's patient. And we're working with them, you know. And one day they came in. They said, we got into a fight last night. We were in bed, and we were fighting because, I, you know, he didn't believe that in speaking in tongues. And so we were fighting about speaking in tongues. I was trying to prove to him that, you know, there is speaking in tongues. Like, oh. So we're having a spiritual discussion. We're having a, a faith discussion. We're having a discussion on faith in speaking in tongues while in the very act of adultery. It's, uh, it's not evident to everybody. Now, you see, you keep going that way. You see, you keep going in that kind of ignorance, not discerning the fact that you're not in faith. Then you get over into a place where you're disqualified. And Jesus Christ is no longer even in you. See, that can happen. That can happen. In some of those cases, uh, you know, people like that, their lives are cut short. That their spirit might be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. But thank God... God's merciful, and, and, and they still can make heaven, even though their lives get cut short in this world. Can you say amen? So, adultery, fornication, uncleanness. What's that? Whatever's unclean. Licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred. I think the idolatry one really gets me. Is, you know, you, you got these people, they're in total idolatry. They're addicted to a relationship. They're addicted to something. They're, they're in idolatry. They're holding something up above God. But then, man, they're just talking, you know, faith. Like they're following God when actually they're worshiping an idol. They're in the flesh. But you see, they're not discerning genuine faith. They're not discerning it. Idolatry, licentiousness, uh, sorcery, hatred. Contentions. You know, one of the first things God will deal with a person about when they first get saved is any kind of unforgiveness they have towards someone. If they've got any kind of bitterness or hatred in their heart, God will deal with them about that. Because they can't, they can't move on into genuine faith and have all this unforgiveness in their heart. You can't, you can't move on in with Jesus and, and have hatred in your heart. Do you understand that? And so there's some people, they're just not going to grow in their faith. They're not going to grow beyond the hatred that's in their heart. So you see, you've got to get rid of that. Can't have any roots of bitterness, any unforgiveness, any resentment towards anybody. I mean, you might be watching the news, and you've got to guard yourself. You can't have resentment and hatred and anger and vent your frustrations. You've got to control yourself. 
if you're in faith about what it is you're looking at. You want to be in faith about these things, especially things that are taking place in our country these days. We want to be in faith about these things. We don't want to disqualify ourselves from being in faith. We, God needs our faith. He works through our faith to change things. Jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, rivalries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So people have stumbled into these things, but we've got to make sure if we do, we judge it immediately. We recognize that's not faith. That's not living by faith. That's not walking with God. That's not being spiritual. We judge it, and we continue to practice the fruit of the Spirit. We continue to practice yielding to God flowing with the Holy Spirit, right? Practicing righteousness. We're not practicing these things. We judge these things. That's all a part of living by faith. Now, if a person's practicing those things, then I'm telling you right now, I don't care what parish they're a part of, what denomination, what church. I don't care. If they're practicing, if they, if, and let me just, can I take it another step further? Romans chapter 1. He goes on here and he talks about folks that, verse 28, do not like to retain God in their conscience. And um, verse 29 says they're filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. How many people can find folks like that pretty easily on their television set? People can find folks just like that, full of sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, envy, murder, murder, all these kind of things. How many people know it's easy to find them in a movie theater, on a movie screen? True? So easy to find them there. All right, but that's them. Verse 31, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unforgiving, unmerciful. Verse 32, who knowing that the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, not only do the same but also what? Approve of those who practice them. They approve of those who practice them, which means, in God's eyes, they're guilty of it. If you approve of people that are filled with sexual immorality and have a debased mind and all these things, if you approve of that by sitting down being entertained by that, then God says you're guilty of it. See? So, understand... That's a lack of character. That's a lack of the fruit of the Spirit. That's a lack of walking by faith and not by sight. So we can't sit here and say, I'm in faith, I'm living by faith, and then we approve of all this kind of behavior. We allow all those kind of things into our world, into our life, come into our eyes and affect our vision. Oh, it affects your vision. You got you to watch what you watch on the television because it's giving you a vision. It's giving you a vision, and it'll affect your faith. It'll keep you from walking in genuine faith, all right? 1 John chapter 3. Man, we've only covered the eyes. I have a nose. I have a mouth. I've got got the ears. I looked it up. Ears are a part of the face. 
1 John chapter 3, verse 2. Beloved, now we are children of God. Hallelujah. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. And that's so true. As you get a revelation of him, you become like him. As he's revealed, as you receive revelation, you're changed, you're transformed into the same image from glory to glory. He says, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Notice. When you have this hope. Now again, what is hope? It's spiritual vision. It's vision. It's being able to to see something that you can't see yet with your physical eyes. It's something you can see that hasn't yet happened yet. That's hope. It's spiritual vision. And faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is has spiritual vision. Faith has hope. It has spiritual eyes. So everyone that has this hope concerning him, what does he do? He purifies himself just as he is pure. He's purifying himself. Man, what do you mean? He is filtering out all the unclean, dirty, filthy things of this world. Everything that's not like him. Everything that's not of him. See, people say, I know him. I know him. And then they are partakers of everything that's contrary to him. And they do it gleefully. They do it happily. And that tells me exactly where their faith is. That tells me exactly what they really know and believe about him. They don't know him very much. They don't know him very well. When they're able to do some of the things they do. You know, the more you get to know them, there's just some things you can't do. It's, it's not a legalistic thing like, don't do this. Don't watch that. Don't go there. Don't do this. You just can't. If you have genuine faith. If you have genuine faith, it restrains you. That faith restrains you. It holds you back. It's like, I know this ain't, ain't right. I know he ain't smiling about this. I know the devil likes this. And I need a faith shield, not a faith invitation when it comes to the devil. Right? I need something to protect myself from the devil, not to go ahead and invite the devil in. See? So there's just certain places, certain things I ain't doing. I ain't going there. And so it purifies you. It just, it's like a filter. You have this faith filter in you. And it just, it just, this filter just causes you to just filter out all the stuff that you know is anti-Christ, is against the Lord. And there's certain things we just don't say. We just don't talk that way. There's some things we don't even go near it. We just don't even play around with it. We don't, we don't disguise it as something else. Or, or We don't even come close to it. The more you know him, the more you want to stay away from everything that's not like him. He's pure. I said he's pure. And everyone has this hope. Everyone has spiritual eyes. What do they do? They purify themselves just as he is pure. We need to have good eyes, good eyesight, good eyesight spiritually. Faith has good eyesight. 2020, 2020 vision, 
we have spiritually when it comes to faith. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. You want to go on to the ears? If you have faith, you got ears. What do ears do? They listen. They listen. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 2 says, A fool, that would be a faithless person, a fool has no delight in understanding, but in expressing his own heart. He just, he just expresses his own, just, just he's full of his own words, and he's not really into listening when it comes to, to, to especially the things concerning faith and the things of God. And we don't want to be that kind of person. And I've been around plenty of folks. They, they need help. But they just, want to, they just want to keep expressing how they feel and what they think. And there's not much you can even say. And then some folks you know, as you're talking to them, you could tell it's, it's, just, it's rolling right off them like water off a duck's back. It's not, it's not being absorbed. They're, they're thinking about something else. They're ready to counter what you're saying. See? But, but faith, a faith person, is a hungry hearer. A hungry hearer. Hearer. Eager to learn. Eager to gain understanding. The Bible says in, in uh, all you're getting, get, get understanding. In all you're getting, get understanding. Which means that is the number one thing. To get. Get understanding. But a faithless person isn't about getting. It's about just expressing. Express themselves. Expressing their own feelings. John chapter 8. And in verse 43. Jesus had an encounter with some Pharisees. Happened quite often in his ministry. And he was saying things to them. And they just kept going on and saying stuff. And it was like they just weren't getting it. They just were not seeing what he was saying. And so he said to them in verse 43, he says, Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You're not able to listen. You're not able to focus. You're not able to get it. You're not able to absorb it. Oh, you're hearing noise. You're hearing what I'm saying, but you're not getting it. You're not really listening. You're not taking it all in and digesting it. You're not getting it. And he ran it. And these were religious people. These were word people. I mean, these are people that knew the scriptures. Or thought they did. But Jesus was right there in front of them. The scriptures testified to him. And they didn't recognize Jesus, even though he was right there in front of them. They were so full of themselves. So full of their traditions. So full of their religious ideas about things. So full of their opinions, so full of their own feelings, so full of covetousness and all this, they 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 couldn't hear Jesus. Jesus is talking to them. They're not getting. A, they're not getting a thing that he's saying. They think they're hearing, but they're not really hearing. Job chapter thirty-four, verse three says, "For the ear tests words as the palate tastes food." See, faithless faith loves to talk, but has no appetite. For the word. Has no appetite for the word. And we have to watch. You know, you got to check, check, your, check your faith appetite. How much of an appetite do you have for the word? 
Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And he said that when he was being tempted to bake a cake. Do you remember that? The devil came to tempt him to bake a cake and, uh, you know, make some bread. Put some butter on it. Sounds nice. But Jesus said, that's not what I live by. I live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's my food. That's what, that's what I'm eating. Man, I, I'm munching on the word all day. You know, sometimes I sit down and have a big meal. Sometimes we go out to dinner to Life of Faith Bible Church. This is fine dining. I hope you understand that. This is fine dining here tonight. Praise God. And so, you know, here you are in the restaurant tonight. You've come out to eat and you're feeding on God's word. But it doesn't stop there. You go home, you feed on God's word, right? Some of you are going to go home and raid the refrigerator. You're going to go home, man, I got the snackies. You know, I just got the munchies. You know what I'm talking about. I just got the munchies. And you're going to look around for those munchies. Well, you know, we need to start getting like that with the word. Man, I got, I got a, little, a little hankering for the word, you know. I, man, I just got to just get me a scripture before I go to bed tonight. Mm-mm-mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Right? Just get a little word in there. At least quote some word. Quote some word before you go to bed at night. Just start speaking it out of your mouth, see? And so, just like you eat natural food with your mouth, you eat the word with your ear. See, that's what he's saying here. The ear tests words as the palate tastes food. See? And so, if you got a good taste for the word tonight, see, then you should really be developing a great appetite. We should be getting more hungry as we're sitting here tonight because this tastes really good to the ears. To the ear, it tastes very good. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So faith has a genuine hunger for the word of God. It lives by the word of God. It lives by the word of God. It's always listening to hear and to grow in the word of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So it's got eyes and it's got ears. And it's got some more things that we'll talk about perhaps next time when we come together for dinner at Life of Faith. Bible Church. Can you say amen? Praise God. Let's stand on our feet. Let's thank the Lord tonight. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542- 2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.